G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. All through the year, we have been perhaps even having conversation after conversation around the thought that cancel culture is on the rise. And if you're easily offended, you can make a complaint and someone could be drawn before the courts or where there's a mass uh, offence, then people are being cancelled and all sorts of people can be cancelled, but Christians on the receiving end there too. It deepens, of course, when you get to a point where there's a new statistic that's come out of the UK, where a quarter of young people in the UK would ban the Bible if they thought it contained hate speech. Well, that would be a major cancel culture effort if that were to be something that others picked up on. Well, Bill Muhlenberg has been writing about this event, this statistic and other cancel culture issues. He's written an article called If It Offended Me, So Ban It. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome back to 2020. Always great to be here. Bill, always a concern when you have someone's doing research into how many people might think that the Bible should be banned. Uh, this sort of research, what what more do you know about it? Yeah, well, it was done almost a month ago in the UK, as you say. Um, over 2,000 people, hopefully a somewhat representative sample, but uh, people of all ages said, yeah, if the Bible is offensive or is thought to be full of hate speech, then we should ban it. But the group, as you said, that most uh, agreed with that position were young people. So that's a worry. Uh, So I talk in my piece about uh, modern education is doing its job well if the intent is to indoctrinate, uh, uh, use propaganda, get young people to hate their own culture, their own heritage, their own past. Well, if that's the case, then... uh, yeah, our schools are going, doing a pretty good job dumbing people down, getting them to take offense, getting them to become woke wonders, and even get upset with the Bible. And, of course, there'd be plenty in the Bible, I'm sure we can talk about, that would offend many. Well, of course, Jesus said, people will hate you because they've hated me. And so this word hate, actually, it's a part of Jesus' vernacular. And so when we are confronted with that, um, we can be encouraged by the fact that he's forewarned us. uh, But it's not a pleasant thing to be on the receiving end of uh, someone who wants to cancel you. And I guess as Christians, maybe do we have to get used to this idea? Well, what's true for Jesus should be true for us. Uh, he, yeah, as you say, he was a victim of cancel culture, so much so, right, that they ended up killing him. Uh, and Jesus said, "A servant is not above the master." So, yeah, we can expect the same. And uh, well, Jesus warned about it constantly, right? Uh, if you just read the gospel accounts, you'll see so often he divided the crowds, he offended people. 
In fact, at one point it says he even offended his own family. They thought he was going a bit loopy. Uh, and he actually said to his disciples, blessed are you if you are not offended because of me. So he even warned them ahead of time. Uh, you know, offense will be coming. And in fact, even my own disciples would take offense. So yeah, it's part of the job description. And again, this survey, if it's uh, anything at all accurate, it's a worry because a lot of people would say, all right, Bible is an offensive book. This Jesus character seems fairly offensive kind of guy, so let's ban the Bible. Uh, that's, well, common stuff in, what, North Korea, communist China, and so on. But the West is quickly moving in the same direction. And, of course, who determines what hate speech yeah. is? And, of course, you know, we've been talking about uh, some of these things in bills that are being discussed and debated now by our governments. But in some sense, whatever the government does may not even be any match for what can happen on social media that can actually whip up into a frenzy a whole movement. And so when you've got young people saying if they thought that the Bible contained hate speech, they'd want it banned, uh, you don't even need government departments and legislation to say that. You can just have a social media frenzy, can't you? Well, you can, and we already do, right? Uh, all the big tech giants and whether it's a YouTube kind of thing, Facebook kind of thing, Twitter, you name it, uh, we've seen hundreds probably thousands, right, of cases of people being canceled, people being censored, people being told, no, cannot publish this. I've, you know, even on Facebook, I know of people who simply post a Bible verse and they will have that removed and they will be warned and say, you know, you're, you're going to be uh, thrown in the Facebook sin bin if you keep this kind of stuff up. So it's already going on and yeah, it'll get worse. And the big techies and others have a lot of power and influence and control, woke capitalism. Uh, they got a lot of power. And yeah, so even by themselves, they can do a lot of harm to freedom of speech, religious freedom. Uh, but when they get in bed with each other, it's worse yet. Government and uh, woke businesses, uh, again, we see that in places like communist China. So, yeah, it's starting to happen more and more here in the West, and it'll be a scary thing indeed when we'll have to save uh, the Bible, hide them, you know, dig a hole in the backyard and bury our Bibles so that the authorities don't grab them. Uh, might sound far-fetched, but I think we're sadly kind of moving in this direction. Is there, do you think, a pendulum swinging here uh, that might even take us into a point where the Bible is seen as a subversive book and therefore ought to be banned? And that in itself will raise the curiosity of what's so bad about this book? Uh, what is so significant in this book that it's being banned, uh, particularly when you start to recognize some of the evil implementation of legislation and plans from those who are causing it to be a subversive book? Thoughts here for where we might be going? Is there a pendulum swinging, do you think? Well, we'd like to think so. We'd hope so. Uh, I mean, it's interesting, many on the left who say at least they oppose all forms of censorship, right? Uh, who always say we should allow anything, whether it's pornography, you name it, nothing should be banned or covered up. Well, so far we're not hearing too many people on the left uh, shouting, you know, save the Bible, protect the Bible, we should have the Bible. They'll defend any other and every other book, uh, some of which probably almost does. 
uh, deserve a bit of uh, covering up in many respects. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they start speaking out about the Bible. But yeah, hopefully ordinary people, they should be shocked. They should be worried if and when they see this more and more happening. Uh, they say, well, what is, as you say, what is in this book? Maybe I should read it before it's fully and entirely banned. So I suppose in a sense that way you could say it might be a good thing. But to be honest, I'd rather we not have to get to that place. You know, hopefully we can create as much interest now with our non-Christian friends, maybe by the very lives we live or by sharing biblical truth on social media that we could interest them in that way and get them to read the word. There'll be various times in history, Bill, where certain books have been outlawed and people have tried to get rid of them and book burning and all sorts of things like that. How do you reflect on some of those issues of history? Well, the sad thing is we're not, right, learning from the lessons of history. Uh, You know, we could talk about why all these young people in the UK are so anti-Bible, anti-their-own heritage. Well, we can say, again, the education system is doing a good job. It's all about propaganda nowadays, pushing woke agenda items. So that means you're not being taught history in schools, or if you are, it's a historical revisionism, right? You rewrite history to reflect your point of view. So I would guess, what, 99% of these young people who said, yeah, ban the Bible, they probably don't even know about things like book burnings in Nazi Germany. Uh, We can refresh their memory, right? May 1933, I think there were... Uh, well, about 24, 25 universities where the students went around, right, getting books, throwing them into big bonfires. Uh, I think something like 25,000 volumes were burned just in that one short period. Uh, And again, these were students, right, young people, university students, one of the most cultured, highly educated nations at the time, And the students were quite happy to do this. So in a sense, it's not surprising. We see 25% of young people, which would include presumably many students in uh, England today, saying, yeah, it's fine to ban the books. And, you know, they might be out there as well someday with the the big bonfires. Let's throw more books into the flames. Well, you've got uh, banning books, burning books. Uh, You've even got the issue in China that's uh, unfolding, the rewriting of the Bible, uh, what they call sinocizing of the Bible to include a favorable outlook on socialism, uh, which is a challenge in itself because uh, that socialist communist image is a godless image. So how does that even fit in with how the Bible ought to be looking? What do you think for the coming year ahead, Bill? Uh, More of the same? Some of these controversies arising, uh, the possibilities that there could be a movement against the Bible. Uh, What are your thoughts for what's coming in the year ahead? Well, not a prophet as such, but we can try to discern the times and look at what's happening. I try to do that. And as I've often said, I've still got a feeling it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. We do hope there'll be a bit of a swing uh, away from all this. And in various countries, we're seeing little movements like this, often in uh, non-European countries. I think there was a new president just elected in Argentina who's come on a pretty conservative uh, platform of what he wants to do. But, yeah, here in the West, sadly, as it gets more and more secular, more and more hostile to faith, 
and people of faith, it'll probably get worse. Um, God's people got to pray like, you know, more than ever. We got to act more than ever. We got to work more than ever. Uh, we hope, you know, these great organizations like Vision Christian Radio keep going, but we know there'd be some who'd probably be happy to see, you know, that voice silenced as well. So uh, more work's got to be done, more prayer is needed, and uh, we have to prepare for what could be harder times ahead. But yeah, if the Lord should carry, perhaps we'll see a bit of a turnaround. We can pray to that end. And I imagine there's an important element here, a dimension that says as Christian believers, as ones who are open to this revelation that God gives through the scriptures, to be able to study it enough to understand that it's not a book that's filled with hate, uh, but the real message of the Bible, sometimes it's worthwhile, I guess, to be able to reinforce those things that we understand about the Bible. Yes, absolutely. Uh, again, simple things Jesus said, who the woke crowd would uh, accuse him of being hateful and bigoted. Uh, when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, that was a loving thing to say because he knew he was the only way to the Father. He loved us so much, he was willing to pay the price so we could be reconciled to the Father. So he didn't tell lies to people. He didn't say, you know, any old uh, guy will do, and everybody's got their own truth. He was quite a stickler on, I am the way, the truth, the life. So that, again, sounds offensive to modern ears, and maybe even some Christians get a little bit iffy about that. But hey, if you love people, you want to tell them the truth, truth that will help them, set them free, certainly get them in right standing with God the Father. So, yeah, we got a lot of homework, even in our own churches, I hate to say it, even amongst our own people. Uh, you know, even the things that Jesus said, that was not hateful. Everything that he pushed was out of love and compassion for us, and we should see it in the same light. So when we express Bible truth, expect that there might be some backlash, that some might be offended, and that some might uh, move to do all sorts of grand things like try to ban you or ban the Bible. This cancel culture that we're in uh, is a challenge. For those who want to follow through with this latest article that Bill has written, it's called It Offended Me, So Ban It. You'll be able to find that at BillMuhlenberg.com or you can simply Google Culture Watch One Word. Bill, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for those once again today on 2020. Many thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.